Welcome to another edition of the Born in 87 podcast. Uh, we're, t- we're talking some Knicks today. Uh, I-, I know you're excited, Adam. I am so excited. I've been looking forward to this all weekend. I, I am so thrilled that the Knicks are good. They're currently, if the playoffs start today, the fourth seed. And not only am I excited about the Knicks, but we get to talk about one of my favorite things in the world, which is NBA trades. Um, so let's, I'm, I'm just jazzed up and ready to go. And we usually record at like 7.30 or like 8 at night. And I, I go to sleep at 9. So by then I'm kind of useless. And it's the middle of the day. So I, I'm ready. Um, yeah, we're, I'm, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, we're recording this on Sunday, February 28th at uh, noon. So uh, yeah, a bit, bit earlier than we usually uh, record. But uh, as Adam said, uh, we have a lot of fake uh, Knicks trades uh, that we want to go so through. So many fake and, trades. And yeah. unlike a lot of crappy podcasts and dumb people on Twitter... We believe that every one of these is realistic for one reason or another. Every single one of these trades has passed the uh, ESPN uh, trade machine. So you're gonna not get any dumb trades where like we think that RJ Barrett could get you like Zach Levine all by himself. Like that's that's stupid. We're not gonna do anything dumb like that. We're not. We're not gonna. We don't have any trades for like LeBron James. Or Kevin no, no Durant. LeBron trades. No, no Anthony Durant Davis trades. trades no for Mitchell Robinson. No, nothing oh. dumb. <laughs> All right. Uh, without any further ado, uh, let's introduce our guest who's going to be going through these trades with us today. It's a uh, first time guest, Matt Resnick. How are you doing today? Doing good. How are you guys doing? We are good. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. We're so, sorry it took you so long to uh, get on the pod, but it, it's a little hard because uh, you only you don't root for the Mets, you don't root for the Jets, and you like kind of root for the Knicks. Uh, a former Knicks fan. I'm reformed. Mm. You're famously yeah. a very per- hard person to go to Met games with because you cheer for the Yankees the whole time, even if the Yankees aren't there. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't bring myself through for the Mets. I'll root for whoever they're playing. Yeah, I know. Yeah, one time <laughs> we got you to go to a Jet game because they were playing the Cowboys. So uh, at, le- at least uh, you were on board for rooting against the Cowboys in that one. Yeah, that was a good time. The Jets, yeah. unfortunately for you guys, won that game. Yeah. Also, football games work out well because you get like five hours to drink before walking into the stadium. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if, what you're talking about, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell you what happened in the second half of the game, but I know that they just won. <laughs> yes, they did. Um, that might have been the last time Sam Darnold uh, played well, but uh, that's neither here nor there. And that's a discussion for another day. Uh, so before we go any further, Resi, you say you're you call yourself a former Knicks reform fan. Knicks fan. Reformed is what he said. Oh, yeah. reform. Yes, reform. Yeah. Uh, so I think that means that you have to go into the tortured fan corner as we do with all of our guests when they, uh, talk a particular team for the first time. Uh, so Rezzy, what is the painful Knicks memory that you want to share today? So my most painful Knicks memory will be the 97 Knicks playoffs game Ooh. five. Uh, my favorite Knicks player is Charlie Ward, Florida state grad, won a Heisman, uh, <laughs> PJ Brown decided to uh, body slide him on a box out. And because of that, uh, Patrick Ewing, Alan Houston, Charlie Ward, Larry Johnson, John Starks, all suspended. Knicks blew a 3-1 lead. That was probably our best chance at uh, beating the Bulls that year. So that was uh, not enjoyable. It's a pretty good yeah. memory. That is a yeah. good one. Yeah, that's... I watched the highlights on SportsCenter last night. It was uh, <laughs> brought some real anger back. <laughs> that's the famous uh, clip also where you had uh, Jeff Van Gundy uh, like wrapped around Alonzo Morning's leg. Oh, that's the game where he's on the ground. Or am I mixing it up? The following year. Yeah, it was the 98 playoffs. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, that's actually the, uh, the 98 
97, all, uh, Ewing, Houston, and uh, Larry Johnson left the bench. Yeah. And then they had to split up suspensions. Otherwise, the uh, game couldn't uh, take place. Tibbs yeah. wasn't an assistant on the Knicks back then, right? Because I could just picture him as attached to the body of a player, too. Don't think so. Let's I don't see. think so either. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he was coaching back then for the uh, Knicks. You have the ability to look this up. Uh, that's definitely a good one. Uh, it was also, you know, the start of a really epic uh, rivalry between those teams. One thing I always uh, enjoy, though, is that even though they blew that 3-1 lead and the NBA screwed the Knicks by uh, suspending all those guys in game six and seven of that series, it does make me very happy when I think back to that era and that uh, the following three years, the Knicks knocked Miami out of the playoffs in 98, 99, and 2000. And uh, not just knock them out, but won like either a game five or a game seven on Miami's court in each of those three years. Yeah. That was Thibodeau's first year as a Knicks assistant. Ah, yeah. There we go. Wow. He was, I forgot how long he was a Knicks assistant. 96 to 2004. Mm-hmm. It's it's good to have him back. He really he is the right coach for this team. I I was wrong in the offseason when I was concerned. Yeah, I mean the team seems totally bought in. They're playing hard. Um, they're a pain in the neck to play. Uh, you know Julius Randall uh has made himself uh, an all star and just playing it just really really high level basketball night in night out. But uh, we're not uh, here to talk about Tibbs and very little Randall. Um, I'm going to launch this in Justin. So we're, we're doing our, our next trade pod. Just a couple of things to say at the beginning. We have a lot of trades. Some of them are more realistic than others. Some are more exciting than others. Just some of the, the assumptions we made making these, these trades up. So one, we don't really think that Frankie smokes, Kevin Knox have really any trade value whatsoever. So a lot of times you'll see them in trades, but it's mostly because of their cap. Uh, I mean, how much money they're paid. It was very hard to make Nick trades up because very few of their guys make any money. So a lot of these trades will have like three or four guys in them, all of which make like $7 million a year. And that was just really to match. Um, so we we don't think those players are in the Knicks future. And we treated them as such, mostly just like stacking of salaries. Um, we also took the next the next draft picks into account. And then you'll see really two different types of trades. So one trade is the push for the playoffs this year trade. And I think that's the vast majority. We did have a couple where it's the punt on the season, trying to maximize future assets. I think particularly after last night, last night was the Indiana game that they won. They're now in the fourth spot in the Eastern conference. I think these trades are extremely unlikely, but there's a couple of them we'll discuss. Um, We did try to thread the needle between maximizing value this season without forfeiting too much in the future. Any other assumptions you wanted to talk through, Justin, before we launch in? Not really an assumption, but I, I just think it's an important thing to note as far as, uh, you know, when we have our discussion here, as far as how into the Knicks want to be on this season. And that even though they would, even though they are currently uh, in the four spot, or I guess tied with uh, Toronto for the four spot, um, as we speak right now, uh, the Knicks and Toronto, both at 17 and 17, I, I just want to list off. All the teams in the East right now that currently have 17 losses. That list is the Knicks, Toronto, Boston, Miami, Chicago, Indiana, and Charlotte. So that's seven teams all between 17 and 17 and 15 and 17. So literally half the conference is right there. So while the Knicks are in the four spot right now, I mean, literally a two-game losing streak could knock them back to 10th. So I just think that that's important to note because you have this group in the middle here 
that is so clustered. Like clearly you have Philly, Boston, I'm sorry, Philly, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee. That's run, you know, those three teams have run away from everybody. And then you just have this massive clog of teams between four and 10. Um, one other thing I want to say at the get-go is you're going to hear me talk about Mitchell Robinson, not as favorably as you'd expect. I love Mitchell Robinson, but just looking around the league, I don't see a lot of teams who are contending who have, you know, a rim running center making, making a ton of money. Um, there really isn't. And in fact, when you see guys of Mitchell Robinson's talent, which is extremely talented with a big contract, you can just get those players. Like, does anyone want Andre Drummond right now? Like, you can't pay someone like Mitchell Robinson a max salary and compete. So I put him in probably more trades than um, you might expect coming in. Cool. Let's, let's do it. Um, so Rezzy and, I, and us are going to alternate trades. If we had a trade on our list that involved the player that's on Rezzy's list, we'll compare and otherwise we'll just evaluate what we think about each trade. So Rezzy, why don't you start? What is your first trade? So my first trade is a smaller trade that's more for this year. Um, it's an expiring contract. And that will be PJ Tucker for Kevin Knox. Uh, it's an interesting, interesting one. Yeah, I mean, one thing, I mean, one thing, so when me and Adam were, uh, and uh, I'll say it was mostly Adam who came up with uh, most of our trades. He is more of a master of the ESPN trade machine than I am. But uh, one thing I thought that this team needed, especially if they want to, uh, you know, get into the playoffs and maybe get a top six seed, avoid the uh, play in tournament is, you know, a bit of more of a veteran presence. PJ Tucker uh, uh, certainly would do that. Um, Houston, uh, you know, is at the bottom of the uh, or is in like the bottom three of the Western Conference right now. Uh, they're certainly, you know, they're not going to be a playoff team this year and given how loaded the draft is uh, it's probably in houston's best interest to tank uh and you know i guess in the process they could get a young player that maybe they could reclimate it's an interesting one um here's why i, I don't like think it. it happens i've been thinking about it for a second so i think pj tucker would help the knicks primarily with his outside shooting um he loves hanging out in the corner right that that's his thing he it if he was on the team, Obi Toppin wouldn't play at all. So I don't, I don't really love that. You probably also have to trade like Nerlens, um, just to open up a rotation spot for him. I think Houston can do better than Kevin Knox. PJ Tucker has demonstrated that he can play in the in a finals game. He could play ma meaningful minutes in the final. I could see one of the contending teams being willing to give up their first round pick unprotected for this year, right? You could see. Denver doing that. I could see the Lakers. Lakers don't have a first round pick. They can't do it. But there's teams who will be in the hunt at the end of the season who will make available like their first round pick, which would be at the end of the first round. And I think that's more valuable than Kevin Knox. So I really, I don't think has any value. Maybe if you threw in two second rounders, that might interest Houston a little bit more. Um, but I think it's good for the Knicks. I just, I would be surprised if Houston said yes. I think uh, I'm the Knicks. I'd be okay throwing in two second rounders to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you threw in your first round pick and then made it, um, maybe like top 20 protected that, that could be interesting. Cause the next pick could end up being that far back depending on how the season plays out. Oh, maybe the only thing though, I think that's also important, uh, to, uh, remember as we go further is that the NBA draft order, it's, it's not like the NFL draft order. So the, the way the NBA orders their draft is the 14 teams that don't make the playoffs pick one to 14, 
in order of record with the exception of uh, the three teams that, you know, get lucky in the lottery. And then the 16 playoff teams just pick an order of their regular season record. So you could win the champ. So like you might, you could win the championship and have like the 20th pick. If you got like, you know, if you were like a six seed in the playoffs and won the title, you'd still have like the 20th pick. So I think that that's important to remember. So chances are the Knicks probably would not be able to, given how good the teams in the West are, probably unlikely that they'd have a pick in the twenties, but the, but they could end up at like 17, 18. I think that that's certainly realistic. Um, so let's, let's move on to the next trade. So the vast majority, if not all of the trades from us are for two guards or uh, small forwards. Um, when we watch the Knicks, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I just bang my head against the wall. Just every time Reggie Bullock is playing like he, like, I, don't, I think he's probably a, a nice person. Um, he is a, <laughs> he's a, he's a bad three and D player, right? He's a three and D player. His hair's kind of fun. Who's not great at D and not great at three. Um, so I, 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 when I watch their offense, it seems like, I like the shots that they get, but if we could just upgrade that to like a really good three point shooter who can still play defense, I think they'd be in really good shape. And along those lines, here are are two of my favorite trades we came up with. There's two different versions of the same trade, both with Houston, who who you mentioned. So the first version is Victor Oladipo um, comes to the Knicks. And then the Knicks give up Kevin Knox, Frankie smokes and a top 10 protected first round Knicks pick for, um, for next year. So Rezzy, what, how do you feel about that one? I actually had my own Victor Oladipo trade as well. I thought he was a pretty good target. Mine was uh, Victor Oladipo for Obi Toppin, Kevin Knox, and a lottery-protected first round. I don't know if Frankie Smokes gets the deal done. So I have no idea what Victor Oladipo's trade market is right now. He's an expiring player. He has a ton of injuries. I don't know if Houston thinks they can get an unprotected first from. I don't know if Houston plans on signing him to a near max contract. I have no idea. Um, so if in their brain, they think that he is a near max player in their future, then I like your trade. Um, Cause I think you need to give up someone like Obi Toppin. Mm-hmm. If that's not the case, I do. Th- I don't, I don't know if you need to give up that much. Like I think a, like a late first round pick along with two guys, you're kind of just taking a chance on might be enough, but I have, I literally, I think, Oladipo would be a good fit in the Knicks. People forget what a good three-point shooter he is. And I, I think they should go after him in the offseason. I wouldn't mind getting him in-house, looking at how he plays under Tibbs, getting just taking a chance and seeing what he's like before you have to just bid on him in the offseason without knowing what he looks like. So I would be a big fan of bringing him. He's also an extremely hardworking player who's good on defense. I think I think he'd do well under Tibbs. And he's a, he we could all- be a second or tertiary ball handler for the team too. So uh, Adam and I, we this morning we were discussing uh, – Old Depot trades. We also have another variation on this trade. And I think this is an interesting one because this is also a spot where uh, this would be a trade where the Knicks can sort of use their cap space as a weapon and not have to give up Obi Toppin. And uh, this, this, remember, this, this passes through the trade machine. It would be getting Victor Oladipo and Eric Gordon for Frankie Smokes, Alfred Payton, Kevin Knox, Reggie Bullock, and Austin Rivers. So basically, this- important to note here is that Eric Gordon is on a really bad contract for a team like Houston who's looking to rebuild. Eric Gordon is signed for three more years beyond this year at $16 million a year, and he's 32 years old. Uh, Houston would love to get off him, and the Knicks could do that. And the reason there's so many of our players in that deal is just because you have to stack the contracts in yep. order to make it happen. And I would not have a problem getting rid of any of those guys. 
the question then becomes the old depot of value. I think that's the key in any of these trade. Uh, I think he's only played ideas. 20 of 30 games so far this season. I think he's out right now with uh, another injury. Checking now. So he has actually played in the last, he has played in the last two games that uh, okay. Houston played and actually play, he played 36 minutes uh, the other night uh, against Toronto, but those were his first two games back after missing the four previous ones. He's so. risky. I mean, the Knicks are going to sniff around him, right? Like if not during the season and in the off season, and there's a very good chance he ends up on the Knicks. They need a player like him. They need a player who can handle the ball, who can shoot threes and he can play defense. He's yeah. the perfect player for the Knicks. But his all the boxes. Concerns, he does, except for he's hurt a lot. Um, but if you get I, Eric, if you get Eric Gordon, also he's another two guard who can you know be inserted right into your lineup and help you. I mean, it hurts you a little more down the line, but I mean, just because he'll be old, making a decent amount of money. But uh, if it means getting an old depot, I don't know. I think it might be worth it. So, Justin, we had like a, another version of it. If you look at the, the document that I'm looking at, this is my favorite. You get old depot and Gordon. You give up Frankie Smokes, Derek Rose, Kevin Knox, Reggie Bullock, and your your draft pick this year, but you protected top seven. And if it, that does invest, then next year it becomes top three. I really think that threads the needle where you're not really giving up too much that you need. You're adding three-point shooting. And you know what? If you get the eighth pick and you don't get to keep it this year, I am okay with that. Um, and then my assumption is the Knicks are going to be very good next year, and I, I'm not as worried about their draft pick next year. And let's say something crazy happens and you get a top three pick – you still have it. I, I think, yeah. I don't know who would say no to that trade to be perfectly honest. Yeah. And again, if you give up your first round pick, you still have Dallas's first round pick. So you still get, you know, a shot at some rookie uh, in this, you know, highly loaded uh, draft class here in 2021. Rez, do you have a favorite point. of all these combinations? <laughs> Honestly, I think I like the first one, the best, the old depot for Knox smokes, and a top 10 first round protected this year. I think I like that too, right? You're not, you know, you, yeah, it's, sure you the keep exposure's the top not 10 too pick, bad. Yeah. And who cares about Kevin Knox or Frankie Smokes? Neither one's going to be on the team. And if Old Depot is hurt, in future. Right. If you I, don't, yeah. If you don't sign Old Depot in the offseason and your pick ended up being 12th, that's kind of a worst case scenario, but you're not destroyed for the future because of it. Yeah. And you still have the Dallas pick. Yeah. And another interesting point, I think, uh, you sort of made is that well you didn't directly say this but by not if you don't have to bring in eric gordon it keeps your uh additional cap flexibility in years moving forward because it is a risk eric gordon, eric gordon is going to yeah. take up a big part of your cap yeah and he signed three more years beyond this one in his age 33 34 and 35 seasons well so. i wanted to have this discussion we should have it now so if you're looking at how this team is built this team's going to get expensive pretty fast so you have this offseason and next offseason probably with the cap space to bring in someone, but there really aren't that many guys out there who are worthy of a max contract or a near max in the next year or two. I don't mind bringing in a guy like Gordon right there. Their value is going to have to come from within to be perfectly honest. Um, I mean, the best guy to bring in in the off season is probably going to be Victor Oladipo. There aren't a ton of free agents. So I, I don't mind using a little bit of your cap, um, particularly if you're not giving up any of the guys you want to build around, you're not giving up Barrett, you're not giving up Julius Randle. You're not giving up uh, Robinson. You're not giving up quickly. All those guys. Or, and you're not giving up Toppin. And you're not giving up Toppin. All right, let's move on. Um, Justin, and, oh, sorry, Rez, you're up. Why don't you uh, paste in a trade? Sure. So my next trade is a two-player trade for the Knicks. I have them 
trading for Alonzo Ball and J.J. Redick. And in that trade, they'd be giving up Frankie Smokes, Kevin Knox, and a 2022 lottery-protected first-rounder. So I love that. I love that a lot. Um, what Do you know what your protection would be? Top five, top seven, top ten? Just the full lottery protection. Just oh, full uh, lottery protection. Four, yeah, yeah, yeah. Top 14, protected, unprotected 2023. So I think if I'm the Knicks, I do that, and I laugh a lot. Why would the Pelicans do that? Pelicans have no interest in extending J.J. Redick. He's an expiring contract. I know he wants to move closer to New York with his family. Um, his wife and two kids are living in Brooklyn. He's down in New Orleans without them. Lonzo Ball, I don't think, is part of their future either. Um, maybe they have some sort of hope for Kevin Knox going forward. And then the draft pick. They can rebuild around Zion. I feel like they can do better than a 2022 lottery protected first for Lonzo and Redick. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like they can probably get two first out of the two of those guys. Right. Not like they can get two. For I think JJ goes for a late first for a contender. Really? You're telling you don't think the think Sixers would be willing to part with like a complete like a super protected first rounder at some point for JJ straight up. Some team is just desperate for shooting. Well, what about this? I'm gonna throw something out there. If you're the Pelicans, would you rather have uh, one of the Knicks pick this year or next, or the Dallas pick that they have, or the two six or like two Sixer picks, which could bo- end up being like twenty seven to th- like? Would you rather have one pick that's probably going to be around sixteen seventeen, or two picks in the twenty seven to thirty range? I'd probably take two picks. I think what I think what. Um they're going to do at some point is they're going to take their huge amount of picks and just say, here, take it. I want Bradley Beal. Right. I think, I think they're trying to accumulate a number of assets so they could look at like a Washington and be like, Hey, Washington, we have six first round picks for you. Here you go. Give us a Bradley Beal Hmm. that I think they're trying to accumulate a number. I don't, I don't think they're trying to turn those picks necessarily into all-star players. I think they want to build around Ingram and they want to build around Zion and they're going to use their, their assets to get an already ready to go start. That would be my guess. I could be wrong. Uh, that just that it seems like what they're doing okay yeah so just, all right here's 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 my lonzo trade um so lonzo and you just bring him into your cap space this passes the the trade machine and what you give up is a top 10 protected pick this year and then a future uh pick swap so the the pelicans have kind of two picks out of this we know they love pick swaps and you just you throw lonzo ball right onto this team without giving up any of your players Right, if you oh, have like the eleventh pick in the draft, I rather have Lonzo. I think Lonzo would be really good on this team. I yeah, he's, he's a hard worker on defense. His three point shots coming coming around. He can just stand in the corner. That's really what you're using him for. Um, he's great on the fast break. It'd be fun to have a ball in New York. I know not everyone agrees with that. And you you can just you can just absorb him into your cap space. You don't have to send anything out. Do you worry though that Lonzo, if we bring in Lonzo? It's taking away, uh, you know, too much playing time from uh, quickly. Or you no, I mean, I don't worry about that. What I would do is I would then trade Derrick Rose for something else. I'd rather have Lonzo in the Derrick Rose role. Absolutely. Interesting. But Derrick Rose makes seven million dollars a year. You can move him extremely easily. Um, I, I, Lonzo's younger. He's on a better timeline with the rest of your players. He's, I think, a better three-point shooter right now. I'd have to look it up. Um, I just think he, I think he fits better. He's a better, he's a much better defender right now than Derek Rose. So I just, I, I would much. like to, 
Alonzo is a very good defender. He's a big, good defensive player. I, I see him just fitting this team really nice. He's not quite the three-point shooter I would want, and I think they need. Um, I think they would still need to upgrade the, the Bullock minutes, but I, I'd rather have him than whoever they could get 11 or 12 next year in the draft. Agreed. It's probably true. Do you worry, though, I mean, if, if you're trying to – I mean, clearly from a future standpoint, I mean, Lonzo Ball is a lot younger than Derrick Rose – but I, and the team has clearly responded well to Rose. Um, I feel like they've had a really good record. They're playing well with him. Uh, like, do you worry at all about no. team chemistry? I don't. Get not even a little bit. But, I, I mean, I, I I want them to do well this season, but I want them to be competitive moving forward. I think this team's biggest challenge over the long term is who is their third star player. So, let's if you are extremely optimistic about the Knicks – you see Randall as a star and you see Barrett becoming a star. I'm not there with Barrett yet, but that's, that's the route. How are they adding a third all-star player? Mitchell Robinson's not going to be an all-star, right? Mitchell Robinson is a great center and I love having him on the team, but you need another elite primary ball handler guy, someone like a Paul, you're not going to get Paul George, but like a Paul George S player. So I'm just looking for guys who could turn into that third all-star Lonzo could, Absolutely. I mean, it's less likely now than it was two years ago, but it's, it's possible. Um, I think it's more likely than the 11th player in the draft becoming it. So that's, and we used, if the Knicks were terrible this season, I'd be like, cool, let's just use our first round pick and we'll probably get that all-star, but that's no longer the case because they're too good. So all of the trades that we put together, at least the one, the ones I put together, like have the guy you get has a chance of being a future all-star. Yeah. That's the right. problem, right? They need yeah. to find a third star. Can't win with just the two. I don't, I don't think the two they have will be good enough on our own either. I think Randall is. I think Randall is the second best player on a championship team. Um, I think it's the right team. Yeah. RJ Barrett's not the first. I don't know. Nope. Not even the most optimistic <laughs> version of him who I, no. I love RJ Barrett. He, I, I love him to death, but he's, I don't know what he is three years from now. All right, let's move on. Here's the trade that Justin and I got into a fight in about last night. So I, I am higher on Evan Fournier than most people. He is an expiring contract. He has really bad back spasms. He's played intermittently the whole season, but he is an extremely good offensive player, not as good defensively as you want. So I have the Knicks trading for Evan Fournier and giving up Frankie Smokes, Alfred Payton, and a heavily protected first round pick. So it's probably lottery protected. Here's, here's the case for it. So you need to upgrade the Bullock minutes. Fournier upgrades your Bullock minutes right there. Um, you're sacrificing a little on defense. That's fine. They have defense to spare. No one cares about Frankie Smokes and Alfred Payton, but Orlando might. So if you watch Orlando, which I've done more than I, I'd like to admit, they don't have any point guards. Alfred Payton is some people consider a starting point guard. I understand that he left there, but you know, for the rest of the season, they need someone to play point. And Evan Fournier is not coming back next year. And you're throwing in a heavily protected first for Fournier. That may be more than you need to give up, but He's a guy who I wouldn't mind having around for the next three, four years. So I'd be willing to spend a little more to get him. I'm also higher on Evan Fournier than I think other people are. Um, he's, he's a really, really high quality NBA player. He could be on the, on the, on the court in a finals. He's not going to be your number one, two or three player, but he absolutely could be on a finals competing team. So that's, that's my Evan Fournier argument. So part of the reason I got into a, a fight with you about it is because originally on our uh, Google doc, uh, you did not include the first round pick. That's and I was true. Like, what? 
And uh, <laughs> that's that. And I was like, I, I just don't see Orlando trading him for a guy who's completely underwhelmed in his NBA career and a guy they got rid of three years ago. You throw in the first round pick. Now you're talking because if I'm Orlando, all I want for Evan Fournier is draft capital because you're not going anywhere this year. And I, I just want as many stabs at uh, trying to get somebody in the draft as I can. And the Knicks can offer that because they have two first round picks. Uh, any, any additional thoughts there, Rezzy? I'm not a big Evan Fournier guy. I don't think he plays that much. I don't, I'm not in on him. I'm totally out. I don't, I'm not a fan of him at all. So one thing I was at, yeah. And another thing too, is if you do trade a pick for a guy like a Fournier and the thing is, remember your pick and the Dallas pick, they're probably going to be at pretty similar spots in the draft. I mean, going into play today, they, they literally have identical records. The Knicks and the Mavs, they're both exactly at 500. Uh, maybe you figure the, um, I mean, if you're just going by uh, how good the conferences are, there's, I mean, Dallas is currently ninth in the West, whereas the Knicks are fourth in the East, despite having the same record, which if you go by that logic, maybe there's a better chance that the Mavs missed the playoffs. I don't know, but uh, sorry, where I'm kind of going with all this is uh, if you have those two picks in like the 14 to 19 range, maybe that gives you ammo to move up into the top 10, uh, I don't think next year. The only thing I I would say very hard to crack this top 10. The only thing I would say is that there is um, precedence for this. I think it was like three years ago. The, uh, the Blazers had the um, 15th and 20th picks and they swapped those two picks to Sac. I think it was Sacramento for the 10th pick. Sacramento is also very, very dumb, but Sacramento will also probably be at around the 10th pick in the draft this year. So, you know, who, who knows, uh, Maybe it opens up that possibility if there's a you know team that all of a sudden is sitting there at like nine ten and there's a guy you love and they don't. But again, this is all just hypothetical, as you know, on what may happen on draft night versus getting an actual player that could help you right now. The other reason, I mean, Fournier is available, right? A lot of these other guys we're talking about, we don't necessarily know if they're available. That's true. All right. So I'm not that excited about it. Doesn't sound like no. anyone else's. So let's let's say no to the Evan Fournier trade. What, what do you got, Rezzy? All right, my next trade is this one is already used. I don't think this trade will happen, at least not in the season. But in the offseason, I think it's worth exploring. CJ McCollum. I think he is the perfect guy to be a number one player in New York. Wow. So I have CJ McCollum coming to the Knicks for Obi Toppin, RJ Barrett. Kevin Knox, the Dallas pick, and the Knicks 2022 first rounder. That feels like way too much to me. I don't think it is. I think CJ McCollum is worth all that. That's a really interesting one. Um, I mean, if you took Barrett or Toppin out, I would say I love it. I don't don't... think you need Toppin if you have Julius Randle as your power forward, as your four. I don't think he's going to get the minutes. So I think it's important to remember, I know it's only 13 games, but uh, before he got hurt this year, CJ McCollum was averaging 26.7 points a game, a career high for him. He's a guy, if you look over the last four years, his his scoring average has gone up every year. Uh, you know, he, he just seems to always get better. Uh, he's still, I don't think he, how old is uh, CJ McCollum? CJ I'm looking McCollum, it up right now. He'll be 30 next season. Uh, so he's, he's not certain, you know, certainly still has, uh, some good years ahead of him. 
I, I guess here's here's my thinking is that does Portland want to do it? So Portland, in theory at least, is trying to uh, win a championship while they have a top seven guy in the NBA on their roster in Damian Lillard. Lillard and McCollum obviously play well together. They got to the Western Conference Finals two years ago. Uh, I mean, if you're Portland, are you winning a championship with the team you currently have? Probably not. Uh, so I, I get trading McCollum for all that and hoping that, you know, either whether it's Toppin or uh, Barrett, these guys take off. But are if you're Portland, do you think that these guys could take off uh, quickly enough in order to take advantage of your Damian Lillard window? If you swapped out Barrett for Robinson, I think I would be more willing to do it as a Knicks fan. And I think Portland would be infinitely more willing to do it. They've been hunting for a player like Mitchell Robinson for a very long time. Um, and Nurkic just keeps getting hurt too much. So I think if I think they're looking to diversify their skill set. So I think if you gave them Toppin and Robinson, they'd be like, okay, we now have a four and a five. We have a four who can stretch the floor and we have an elite defensive player. You throw in those, those, those draft picks. Now you got something. I don't, I don't want to give a Barrett for McCollum. Um, I think he offers too much value as a primary ball handler and defensive player. I like the idea of a McCollum, Barrett, Randall combo out there with quickly. That that's that excites me. So if you if you swap out Barrett for Robinson, I, I'd be down. Okay. Yeah. I, the, I, I don't the, think the Blazers would want that, but if that they would, I'm totally that'd be great trade. Well, another interesting McCollum question for you guys. So that trade you just proposed, Rezzy, uh, do you guys think that trade could still happen in the offseason? And the reason I ask that is because I think you can make the argument that trading McCollum now could low, you know, for a bunch of young guys, lowers Portland's window this year. And you might say, ah, Portland's not winning. Maybe not with Mitchell Robinson, though. Mm. Right? they need a center. They that they're that's what they need. They need to get bigger and stronger. No. I just also feel yeah, yes, but you also need guys that can take over playoff games, and McCollum has proven he can do that. And when you have two high-level scorers like that, I don't I just think but that they're maybe, both defensive sieves, right? That's that's the problem. Yes. That's why they can't move on in the playoffs. Well, but again, but I mean you did get to the Western Conference Finals two years ago, and they're they never look, gonna win a championship with those two guys as their back. Nope. It's just not they know that. The only thing I would say is that maybe if you're Portland, you want to take one more stab at it because you look at it as, well, we've got this Utah team as the one seed in the conference right now, a Utah team that's never won anything. Uh, the Lakers, Anthony Davis is banged up for the Lakers right now. Um, the Clippers, who knows? Like maybe they do look at it as the Western Conference being completely wide open. I don't know. And Mount Do you Wine think Barrett and Robinson there. get it done for McCollum, but that's not enough? Uh, I'd say no, but that's say no. really attractive to me. I don't think so. I don't think it's enough. I think you'd have to throw in a first round pick at least. All right. I'm going to, all right, let's, let's move on. seems like we're all, that's a really that interesting one. Resi. I didn't think that one was uh, off the radar. I felt like, yeah, I also yeah, I think that's it. a really interesting one because while maybe it could happen at the deadline, I also think that's a really interesting off season trade. Mm-hmm. So once those picks vest and we know, like where, where they, fall. Like they could be worthless. Yeah. That's awesome. the risk. Um, all right. So we got one. Well, actually, sorry. Oh, I, there's sorry. one thing though. I want to say though. Yes. And no, because 
Maybe, but on the other hand, if you wait till the end of the season, you now know where your pick and the Dallas pick is because one thing right now is if you're trying to make one of these trades, it's really hard to gauge which is going to be the better pick, your pick or the Dallas pick. At least like if you make it after the season, you know that. Also, another interesting wrinkle, and correct me if I'm wrong, you could, because tr- the NBA has a rule, you can't trade first round picks in back-to-back seasons, but I believe you another could first tra- round pick. You could trade the Dallas pick this year and your pick next year if you wanted to. Absolutely. No, you can't trade first round picks in back years. Right. Yeah. So just in a little another interesting little wrinkle there. All right. Let's let's do the Bradley Beal trade. So this I'm I'm I gotta admit, I w- I didn't think there was any chance that the Knicks would trade for Bradley Beal. I just didn't think it would work out. I'm kind of interested in the one we came up with. So the Knicks get Bradley Beal and the Wizards get um, Robinson, Barrett, Rose, Frankie Smokes, and two unprotected first-round picks. And they get to pick if those are the Dallas and the Knicks picks this year, or these are future picks, and they're fully unprotected. Um, and this, the reason I like this is you still hold on to Obi Toppin, you still hold on to Manuel quickly, you still hold on to Julius Randle. And I think you keep your competitive this year, and you also are keeping your, your future window open. Well, you go first, Rezzy. Okay. Uh, I also had uh, Bradley Beal trade. I think he is the ideal player for basically any team. Um, if he's available, you send the house. Whatever the Wizards want, I think is on the table. So my version, uh, pretty similar, was R.J. Barrett. I would throw in Obi Toppin and Mitchell Robinson. And then the two first-rounders this year, both the Dallas and Knicks pick. And then a Knicks 2023 pick swap option for the Wizards. So I know that Obi Toppin isn't like, I don't know, people aren't as high on him as they were at the draft. I just think you have to be careful when you give away all of your young players, right? So like this, in your trade, Rezzy, you're left Mm -hmm. with Julius Randle, Bradley Beal, and Emmanuel quickly. And you're probably out of cap space and now you're out of picks too. And that, that scares me. We saw the Lakers do something like that and it does limit you, right? If you do hold on to an Obi Toppin, and let's say Randall and Bradley Beal really click and they're competing. If you have an Obi Toppin, you can you can give him to a team because he's young and exciting for a complimentary piece. I'm really hesitant to give away all of your, your young players of value. And I'm just I'm not trading Emmanuel quickly, like ever. Like he's a Nick for the rest of his life. So he's just off the table. He's not in a like everyone else on the team is in one of these trades except for him, and that's not by accident. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I just don't know. I think the Wizards have basically everyone bent over. They can d- dictate the terms. And if I'm the Wizards, I would want all those players. So that's that's the only reason I have those three players in the, in that deal with the two first-rounders. I think it has to be similar to the James Harden deal where the team is getting back multiple first-rounders and young talent. Yeah, I think... So if, if you were asking me is, would you ultimately trade Emmanuel quickly uh, and put him in the trade for Bradley Beal? It's a tough one because he showed so much. On the other hand, though. He's not in either of these offers, though, Justin. Oh, sorry. I, no, no, no. I was just saying because we we were just talking about it. Sorry. But I, I, I probably mean, wouldn't. In but, a, in, yeah. I, I mean, I would. It just depends on what else you're giving up. Like, right. If you're taking RJ Barrett off, you're trading Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson and Emmanuel quickly straight up for Bradley Beal. Sure. Yeah. I'm doing that. You know, I'm driving Emmanuel quickly to the airport, but I don't see that being a possibility. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but these offers, I, I think I would do them because it's it's just we talk about how are you going to get the star player in here? There aren't you know you don't really have these uh, star kind of guys in free agency. And if you trade for Bradley Beal now, you get him this year, and he signed for two more years beyond this year. And I mean, the guy's averaging thirty two points a game this year on 48% shooting from the field. Like he's just playing at an insanely high level. Uh, and you know, you have a team now with uh quickly Beal and Randall. I mean, th- that's a team that could really do some da- damage. We uh, like Mayo quickly. Let's he's still a rookie. He's, no, still some he's not an all-star player. Like he's, no. I don't do any of these trades. I, I really, I'm not interested in trading all of my young players and all of my assets for a player. Like if the Knicks right now are the four seed in the East, they have a young core who's fun to watch. I'm not risking that, right? I'm not giving away my whole core who I like and all my future assets for one player. I'm just, I'm just not, um, right? I'm not, I'm not capping myself out. The Knicks can do so many things right now, right? They have so much cap flexibility. They have so many draft picks. They have young players who can grow and we like, I'm just not just tossing that away for Bradley Beal, right? Cause it's all gone. I was, so my- I'd rather have this team cap out at like a three seed than risk it to have just two players and I'm building around. We don't know if Julius Randle is a second star. You can build a title around and we don't know if Beal is either. Beal is, you know, he's had some playoff success. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm conflicted on this. I don't, I think I'd say no though. My only hangup, it feels eerily similar to the Carmelo Anthony trade. We're trading a lot of young guys, a lot of draft picks, and you don't really know the outcome. They has no playoff success. Melo had more. He had the one Western Conference Finals run. I still think Bradley Beal's a guy you take a swing at. The Knicks have shown no ability to ever bring in a competent free agent that people, other people really want. I think that's the best way to get a, a start player is through a trade. And unfortunately, you're going to have to give up some real capital to make that happen. Well, the best way to get a star player is to draft one. Oh, easier <laughs> said than done. <laughs> I know this is going to be a loaded draft. Like I feel like if you can pick in the top eight somehow, you have a pretty good chance of landing a, a really high quality player. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I I love Bradley Beal. I think he is a guy you definitely can build around. You had some weird teams with him and John Wall. That's eerily similar to the uh, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum team. Uh, if you want to do that, with some with a big makes sense. Yeah, if I mean, if you're trying to get in the top eight, then clearly don't make this trade because I think the only way you're going to potentially move up into the because your pick and the Dallas pick on, aren't going to be good enough unless uh, you get super lucky in the uh, draft lottery. And that's saying that the Knicks or the Mavs missed the playoffs, which is certainly no given. Yeah. Uh, either, you would need a lot of ammo to move up. And what is that ammo? It's your two picks plus probably another player or two on top of that. Uh, the trade I was referencing before was uh, uh, Portland traded the uh, 15th and 20th picks in the 2017 draft to Sacramento to move up to number 10. Uh, Portland took Zach Collins and Sacramento ended up with Justin Jackson and Harry Giles. So and that didn't yeah. work well for anybody. Yeah, <laughs> and nobody drafts better than that draft. Yeah. So let's. Uh, yeah. I was just making the point though, that, I, that's the kind of thing you'd be looking to do, but to again, I mean, again, you'd probably have to then give up another good player on top of it to move up. So we'll see what happens. So you both are saying yes to Bradley. Beal. I would, I would do of, it for Bill because I think deals, it's that which, hard. Of the two deals, which do you both think is more realistic from both ends? Uh, do we have? Hold on. Are they both? Are they both here in the? Uh, okay. Yep. Let's still up. 
Rob, so, oh, sorry. So let's let's review. Um, so Adams' deal was uh, for Mitchell Robinson, R.J. Barrett, Derek Rose, Frankie Smokes, and two unprotected first-round picks. And Rezzy's was for R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, and uh, two sorry two firsts and a 2023 pick swap. Uh, I mean, if the if sorry, am I looking at this from the Knicks standpoint or Washington standpoint? Both. So Washington. Washington. No, no, Washington I think will. Oh. What do you think would be more likely to happen? I think you give the the option to the Wizards. For the I pick think swap. I think Rizzi, I think Rezzi's option would be more favorable to uh, the Wizards because you get. I, I just think the idea of being able to get Barrett, Toppin, and Robinson uh, is more intriguing um, than just getting Robinson and Barrett. I understand that uh, there's two unprotected first rounders, but are you more you know, willing? To, a, would you be willing to do that trade, Justin? I mean, the, the biggest difference here is Obi Toppin. I mean, if, if you're telling me that Obi Toppin is if, – if if you've gotten to the point where it's like, okay, I'm about to get Bradley Beal and Obi Toppin is going to be the difference, I really like Obi Toppin, but I, I think I'd have to do it. Uh, All right. Your, your cabinet's bare. you got nothing left. Have fun with Julius Randle and Bradley Beal for the rest of your life. <laughs> it's the most mixed trade possible. Trade everything for a guy. And that's why I don't the, like it. In the four seat. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's, i hate I, mean, <laughs> I hate this trade um oh. <laughs> i just hate it i don't i just i think it's what you'd have to give up to get it done i don't think it happens but let's just talk about it d'angelo russell for rj barrett frankie smokes and a top three protected pick i don't want to do it after the knicks the the timberwolves probably don't want to do it because he's best friends with uh, carl Anthony towns um he would add a lot of value i mean you, you need a three-point shooter and another ball handler um, I'm not as worried about his lack of de- defense on this team. He's not as good a three-point shooter as people think. He likes to take those long twos. I don't want to do this. Can we just move on? I hate that yeah, trade. Let's move on. I'm not. I don't think the, the no. I, I hang up if the Timberwolves call me at that trade. Remember, they're looking for shooters, right? He's he's a shooter who you could potentially get. All right, Rez, you got another trade? No, I, I burned through my five. Uh, <laughs> you can go ahead with all yours now. Can start a. Yeah, let's let's run through some of these, Adam. So this one is fascinating. I think I'm good. I think we're gonna enjoy talking about it. All right. So the Knicks get Kemba Walker, and the Celtics get Mitchell Robinson, Frankie Smokes, Derek Rose, and Alex Burks. If you're the Knicks, you need a you need a point guard. Um, you need someone who can shoot threes, and Kemba does both of those things. Kemba lights up the garden. We've wanted Kemba for a really long time. If you're the Celtics, they probably do this in a heartbeat. Right. They, they need a they need a center. They need Mitchell Robinson. Um, they also could use some defensive uh, guards and you get that with Frankie Smokes, who they maybe see as someone who they can rehabilitate. Um, Derek Rose is there as cap filler and Alex Burks is, you know, they don't have that deep of a bench. Burks plays. He's a defen- decent offensive player. I think the Celtics say yes to this in probably a heartbeat. The Knicks, I think, would give it a longer look, and I'd probably give it a longer too. I am, I am concerned about his knees, um, but I think that's not that much to give up. And I think he makes you a much more interesting team. I'm, I'd be willing to give it Mitchell Robinson. I think Nerlens has played almost as effectively as Robinson, um, and none of these other players have any interest keeping around. So, what do you guys think? This is a hard no for me. Uh, Ooh. Uh, Kemba, he's about to turn you 30. Love Kemba. I used to love Kemba. He's about to turn 31. Uh, his, he's only averaging 18 a game this year. Uh, his field, I, I don't know, just a lot of troubling things. He's got uh, some injury problems. 
And I don't know his shooting percentage this year. It's just really troublesome for me. He's only shooting not, this is not from three. This is overall. He's only shooting 38% from the field this year. Uh, I just, I don't know. There's a lot of red flags here. I just don't want to give up any really good young players for Kemba right now. I'm sorry. A year ago, I probably would have done it. I don't, I don't hate the trade. I think he's a good fit in the Knicks. He can definitely wide up the garden. That's for sure. He's proven that. I was You're also not going all in on Kemba. You still have Julius no. Randle. You still yeah. have RJ Barrett. You still have Manuel Kukli. You still have all of your picks. And I don't think you need to touch any of that to get Kemba. And if the Celtics want more than that, you just hang up the phone. It really is Mitchell Robinson straight up for Kemba. Um, the rest is is just you need you need people in there to to make the contracts work. And I just I don't think you can build a championship team around like a guy like Mitchell Robinson making a lot of money. And this team isn't going to win the title of the next two years. So you, I really, I'm, I'm starting to think about his second contract and they're going to have to pay him. Um, Kemba's got three years left. So you can, like I said, you're not signing a max free agent in those next three years. They have the room to add Kemba. Um, and if it doesn't work out, you're really not that far behind. Um, I'd be very interested. He makes 36 million next year and, he has a player option in 2023 for 37.6 million. So I'm assuming it's just two more years. he's opting that, into that. Two more years. That's it? Yeah. That's not years. bad, Justin. I'd be, ex- I don't know. That, I, that makes a lot it. of sense to me. I don't know. But to trade a really talented young player like Mitchell Robinson, I don't know. I'm just well, not excited about it. He does have a 15% trade kicker. So his contract would go up if he's traded. Hmm. All right. And, so we got two yeses and a no for this. So that puts him um, over 40 million the next two seasons. Yeah. A lot of money for Kemba Walker. They need to spend their money on something, and they're not going to be able to get a star in free agency unless you consider Victor Oladipo. So you you really the the way you got to look at building this team is you're you're getting the other star via trade. All right, let's move on. So I started putting together a Buddy Heel trade, and then I just my note is Buddy Healed, and then never mind. I hate this because I hate it. (laughs) So he he's a good three-point shooter, and that's it. They need that. But, like, who are you giving up for Buddy Heald? I just have no interest in giving up anything for him. And he makes a lot of money. And, no, just just no for me. I'm out. I, I'm out on Buddy I did, I did the same thing. <laughs> I, I, I wrote him down on my list, and I, I looked at the possible trades, and I just crossed it out. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> that's just it. Justin, you, got, you, didn't, you have no interest in Buddy Heald. I know you like Buddy Heald. Uh, I just, I'm not, I I do like Buddy Heald. Um, you know, I liked him ever since uh, college, but, um, uh, we have a lot of trades here. We we don't need to spend more time talking about Buddy Heald. All right. Um, this is a player I really like. I like Um, this one. Devante Graham on Charlotte and Charlotte has just way too many ball handlers and they don't have any good centers. So they are, they are thirsty for a center. Um, there may be like one of their better players. Uh, like there might be a trade for like Mitchell Robinson here with them um, for one of their better players, but that's, that's not this trade. So um, Devonte Graham, I want him. I want him on the Knicks very badly. He's a high volume three point shooter. I think he's 12th in the league in three point attempts. People don't realize that problem is he's an expiring contract. Nerlens and two second round picks for Devonte Graham. Who says no? I don't, I don't think anybody. I love this. I think this is maybe my favorite trade I came up with. Why, why, why not? Yeah, it, make, it makes perfect sense for both teams. And uh, Devontae Graham just turned 26 years old. So even if you're overpaying a little bit, I have no problem uh, re-signing him in the offseason. Uh, go ahead, do this. Both teams have a need. Uh, the, the 
you know, I mean, last year he averaged 18 points a game, uh, shot 37.3% uh, from three. Uh, his numbers are a little down this year, but like you said, a lot of that is just because Charlotte has way more dudes this year. So, you know, he's just not getting as many touches, but uh, yeah, but bring in Devontae Graham. They need a center too. I really, I mean, they, mean Charlotte desperate. needs a center. Charlotte needs a center. They're just yeah. absolutely desperate. I, I think they'd consider this. I like the trade. I, I would do it in a heartbeat. I kind of want to like call Leon Rose and tell him about this. Like he must know, right? <laughs> this he's smart. Is, this Leon, is by far the, the best trade. Yeah. This is both, so smart. And both teams, like the Knicks and the Hornets, like they're both, you know, they have very similar records. They're both in that group of seven teams with 17 losses uh, in the East right now. Both teams are clearly trying to make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I don't see who says no. And people will like it because then I'll stop offering Mitchell Robinson for for other players. I know uh, everyone else. I love Mitchell <laughs> Robinson, but I would trade him for, uh, you know, a, a player who can shoot threes. So and you are right in the fact that, Nerl- that you are right in the fact that Nerlens Noel has been playing very well recently. He's great. Nerlens and he's still young. Good. He's and he's still young. Right. All right. So everyone wants that one. All right. Let's let's do the two Julius Randle trades. I don't. You only do this if you punt on the season. I there. I think they're both interesting. I don't want to trade Julius Randle, who's become my favorite player in the league. Okay, so I just, but I got to I just got to put it out there. All right, here's the first one. So this is with Golden State. The Knicks give up Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle, and they get back um, Wiseman and Minnesota's top three protected pick this year, and Golden State's pick next year completely 100% unprotected. So why would either team do this? So the Knicks improve their draft pick this year. So you really are going from. You're not going to make the playoffs. You're going to piss off your fans, but you're going to have two lottery picks likely in a really strong lottery. Um, And James Wiseman. Getting there. So James Wiseman is a center who you can give a max contract to in theory at some point. His offensive upside is much higher than Mitchell Robinson's, right? So they both profile as similar defensive players, but Wiseman could become, you know, a player who you're running your offense through in the post. And then you get an unprotected first round pick. Maybe it's, you know, the Warriors are old, they're aging. Um, why would the Warriors do this? The Warriors have been searching for Mitchell Robinson for a long time. And you look at that team next year, you know, where you have Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, they probably are the favorites to win the title. Um, I I find it very interesting. I don't think the Knicks do it. Uh, I think it's giving up too much, but it, it's certainly something to stop and think about. I'm on the same page. I I think the uh, Warriors would do it. I don't think the Knicks would do it. Um, I mean, the Warriors, like you said, it makes them a title favorite, a potential title favorite next year. And uh, they make that trade. They could probably go on a deep playoff run this year. Um, I think Golden State's currently uh, seventh in the uh, Western Conference. You bring in Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson. Uh, it definitely raises their ceiling. They and- play. They would play so well with Curry, too. Like Randle and Curry would be so much fun to watch together. Yeah, that's so like I said, I think the Warriors do it. I don't think. And again, if you're the Warriors, you want to take advantage of Curry's window. Uh, so if that Minnesota know, I, pick was truly unprotected, um, I think this would be a lot easier. Because Minnesota is one of the worst teams in the league, and this is one of the worst teams in, in the wild. Right? So it's, it is risky getting it. I don't remember what happens to that pick after this year. I don't think the Knicks do this. If the Knicks had let's say eight wins at this point. So the 17, I think they do that trade. I think they've won too many games. They're too far away from uh, getting a top three pick. I don't think that will tank them enough to uh, put them in a contention for a top. The lottery so deep though. You really, you just need to be in the lottery. A top 10 pick this year could be a very good player. 
um, which yeah. they're probably but, just. But again, could and you have a good, really good player now in Randall, who's made leaps and bounds this year. And like you said, Resi, part of the reason the Knicks have 17 wins and don't have eight is because Julius Randall has played so well. Um, I mean, the three of us, along with uh, Chris Meany, every year we do a uh, an NBA wins pool where we pick over unders for uh, all the NBA teams, and uh, all four four of us had the under on the Knicks this year. Uh, the over under number that Vegas set for the Knicks was 22 and a half. So all four of us thought that the Knicks were going to go 22 and 50 or worse. And they're already 17 and 17. So they're, I mean, they're going over by a mile. Uh, and so much of that is because none of us saw this elite that Julius Randall was making. Yeah, that, that's incredible. Over that, that you're rock. all in on the tank in this situation. Um, I think they, I think they want too many to tank. I do too, and I like Julius Randall. I just wanted to put it out there. Yeah, no, yeah. it's a good one. I don't, Here's I don't my... like. It, it's at least a good discussion. I don't think the next one's a great discussion, but we'll, we'll really? talk. Really, it up. Yeah. All right, Michael Porter Jr. and Gary Harris for Julius Randall. Let that sit in. Why don't you like it? I just think Porter. I mean. Everyone talks about how good Porter could be, but he also is a guy that, I guess, similar to Randall, had a devastating injury entering the league. Uh, Gary Harris is a guy that gets hurt a lot. I, I don't know. I just, again, I feel like you have a guy that's ascended here, and I'd rather have the guy that's here as opposed to the potential in Michael Porter. I like this trade. <laughs> I, I, I hate that I like this trade. I wanted a Michael Porter Jr. trade. I couldn't figure out a way that the Nuggets would ever agree to one. I think they might say the Nuggets would say yes to this. I think they I don't would think they hang up the phone. No, I think they say yes. I, I think the Knicks are the ones who say no to it. The the they've been searching for Julius Randle forever, and their biggest problem right now is that four position. Um, you give them a guy who's an elite defender who also can. He's I mean, Julius Randle is also an elite three point shooter. I'm starting to wonder why I put this here, and I don't want to do it. I just want to keep Julius Randle. Um, but it, it is, it is fascinating. Some, uh, yeah, I, like just, I, I'd say no. I think Denver says yes in a, in a heartbeat. I think he can be the best player on a championship team in two or three years. I think he has a chance to make that leap. I think he's one of the be better young players in the league. He's got the ceiling. Oh man. I mean, if you're Denver, it becomes a question of, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, between Utah being the one seed, again, Utah being a team Denver beat in the playoffs last year, uh, the Lakers having a, you know, banged up or injured uh, Anthony Davis. Uh, does Denver look at it as they could win the title this year? Or is it they that- They do, but they can't with this team. They need to shake it up. They have not played well. But again, the, but then you look at Rezzy's point in that, unlike the, you know, we just went over some Warriors trades. The Warriors have a- shorter future window to win like curry's in his 30s clay thompson's in his third i think draymond green's in his late 20s Jokic and jamal murray are still super young and if you do think as resi just said if you think that michael porter could be a top three guy on a championship team two to three years from now you're still in that window very much so with Jokic and murray i think i i guess i think they're concerned about murray and i think this he's randall's just the perfect player to play next to Jokic. Um, I think they would be amazing together. And I think they feel like they might need to shake it up right now because they've been having some trouble. Yeah. I think Denver, I, I think ultimately Denver would do it and the Knicks would not. Here's why it's not going to happen. The Knicks are a feel-good story for the first time in 20 years, and it's because of Julius Randle. Why are we talking about putting him in trades? This is stupid. <laughs> They're not trading Julius Randle. He's their best player. He just made an all-star team. He's 26. He's under team control. 
I don't think Michael Porter Jr. is enough. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, so I think these are yours. Quicker. You can do them, just okay. Um, just a couple that I was uh, thinking of. Uh, one was. I'll do uh, the three. I'll put the three Atlanta ones up to talk about at the same time. Okay. Um, so uh, the ones uh, we were talking about. Um, one was uh, Cam. Just very simple. Uh, Cam Reddish for uh, Frankie Smokes. Um, Atlanta needs defense. Uh, the Knicks need offense. Uh, you allow RJ Barrett to uh, play with his college teammate and Cam Reddish. Uh, I really liked Reddish at Duke. Um, he's completely underwhelmed uh, since coming to the league. Probably needs a change of scenery. Basically, uh, my problem for your problem kind of deal. Does someone say no? <laughs> uh, yeah, Atlanta. They like Cam Reddish a lot. He's, I mean, he's made huge leaps and bounds this season. Um, I see. I think they see him as part of their future. Frankie Smokes isn't enough to get Cam Reddish from Atlanta. All right. I, no, no, another, yeah, no chance. All right. Another variation on this. And this is also, uh, you know, a deal where you can use your cap space as a weapon. Atlanta, I don't think has any cap space. The Knicks have a lot. Cam Reddish and Bogdan Bajanovic for Frankie Smokes and Reggie Bullock. This is, again, just allowing Atlanta to get rid of that crazy contract that Bogdanovich has. I think that's worse than your first trade, Justin. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. I don't, I, I, no. <laughs> Absolutely. Just, no Atlanta just laughs at you. Yeah, they hang right. up. Fair enough. Uh, all right, a couple trades here. Well, uh, here's, you missed my Atlanta trade. So DeAndre oh, Hunter. Uh, the Knicks would get, um, and they'd give up Derrick Rose in a lottery protected 2023 pick. So DeAndre Hunter played really well this year until he got hurt. But as we're all thinking, Atlanta does have a glut at the two and three and four. They have a lot of guys with very similar skill sets. They don't have a point back up point guard. Um, Rajon Rondo has not been healthy, and when he's played, he's he's been terrible. Uh, so I I think this one is maybe appealing. Like I think Atlanta might be looking to get a little more for Deandre Hunter, but it, it would help them in the short term. And they're getting, you know, about the asset they gave up to get him back. So I think, I think that one, they wouldn't hang up. This one's I think that'd be more of a conversation. The re, this one's not going to happen because Deandre Hunter was the fourth pick in the draft a year and a half ago. And I just think that's a really hard sell for your fans to be like the guy we took with the fourth overall pick like 18 months ago, we're selling it for 32 year old Derek Rose and a middling first round pick. That's just, that's just a hard sell. Yeah. I don't think uh, Atlanta. I think they, DeAndre so Hunter was also, and also you got to think with DeAndre Hunter. I mean, this was the guy that was the best player on uh, what are still the defending uh, <laughs> national champions in college basketball. Like he was the best player on that Virginia team. Uh, I, I think you're underselling how badly Atlanta wants to make the playoffs and they need a Derek Rose type. So I think they actually would just really like him on their team. I, I mean, if, if you could actually do this as the Knicks, do it in a freaking heartbeat. Cause uh, I mean, that's a, I feel like that's a steal. Um, but we have a, we have a zoom bomber, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we have, a, I just, we, someone bombed our zoom. <laughs> this is, I don't know what to do. We have Travis Williams has bombed our zoom. How are you doing, Travis? <laughs> How's it going, guys? I think Travis Good. just wants to set the record for most amount of episodes appeared in on the Borden 87 podcast. So uh, he uh, he decided to uh, join us before we uh, finished up. We're going to be recording a, a, a Mets pod <laughs> with Travis right after this, but he's going to jump in to talk the rest of it. Uh, I don't I don't know if he knows basketball. I think he just knows college basketball, but correct. Um, you're here. We Justin and I have saved at least my favorite two trades to discuss. So you're, you're going to be here for the, the big reveal. All right. Um, yeah, well, we could, we could skip these Denver ones. Um, they're, um, yeah, let's just, let's just go to yours. Uh, so okay. the, the big Chicago trades. All right. Let me, let me do this. So I, I haven't been sleeping at night cause I've been thinking about these so much. Um, <laughs> I, can we do a drum roll, Justin? 
So b- before we get into them, I have a couple of things to say on the matter. One, I hate both of these players I'm going to talk about. I hate them. I hate Zach Levine. He, maybe he's a wonderful person who like rescues orphans in his spare time. I don't like him. However, I think the Knicks should probably trade for him. He's, a, he's an extremely good three-point shooter. He's extremely athletic. You can run your offense through him. And as, as we've talked about, the Knicks' biggest need is a lack of three-point shooting. Um, I also, as I've mentioned, they're not going to be getting an all-star caliber guy in free agency. And Zach Levine just made an all-star team. I don't think he should have. He, I'm worried he's a good stats, bad team kind of guy. But I'm also wondering what, what Tibbs might be able to get out of him. Tibbs coached him in Minnesota briefly, didn't he? Um, so that yeah. didn't go great. He's a lot better than that. Um, the other guy we're going to talk about is Laurie Markkinen. Uh, he's most, he would be an interesting fit on the Knicks because the Knicks don't have like a good stretch four. All right, here, the, here they are. So there's two Zach Levine trades. I'm going to do the reasoning for both of them and you guys can discuss. So the easiest one is Zach Levine for RJ Barrett in a top, top five protected pick. So I don't know if, I don't know if this violates the league rules where you can say, okay, Chicago, we have these two picks. Um, you can have the better of the two, as long as it's not in the top five, then we keep it. I, I don't know if you can make a contingent contingency like that. Otherwise they could pick either the Knicks, or the Dallas pick and top five, protect it. Um, and then the other trade is Zach Levine and Lori Markinen for RJ Barrett and two top three protected picks. So let me go through my reasoning for both before we open it up. So like we said, Zach Levine, he's a three point shooter. He's hyper athletic. Lori Markkinen's a stretch three. RJ Barrett, I think the hope is one day he becomes Zach Levine, who's a better defensive player. I'm not sure that ever happens. Um, and it, I, I think Levine would fit in really nicely with what they're doing. And Lori Markkinen's an expiring contract. I think the Bulls would be pretty much just willing to give him away at this point. They, he, I don't think he fits in with this new regime. Um, he was drafted by the, the earlier guys. And I, I, I would be, I'd want to take a flyer on him. I think both of those guys could end up being extremely good one day. Um, I think you're, you're punting on Barrett, um, but you're turning it into Levine in both of these deals. And Levine is, I think what we hope Barrett could be. That that's my spiel. I don't like either of these guys, but I think they, they would help the Knicks in the short term and long term. Um, I'll go first. Uh, I mean, Levine has made an all-star team. You hope that R.J. Barrett someday makes an all-star team. One of my biggest things with this is just that uh, I'm looking back at Levine. He played 47 games in 2017, 24 in 2018, and 63 in 2019. Uh, he has played you know, all games since then, but I don't know. That's just a lot of – that's a, you know, a large – a lot of injuries in his past and a lot of uncertain uncertainty moving forward. So I don't know. Uh, RJ Barrett could be really good. Uh, Zach Levine. Well, I have a question for you. Zach Levine is shooting a crazy 44% from three this year. Like, do you think that that's something that's sustainable or he's just like having a career year? Cause I mean, he's always been a good three point shooter, but nothing like this. But he's going to get better shots on the Knicks because they have better players. And the only player they're giving up in this deal is R.J. Barrett. So I guess, he has to find his own shot right now, and he's shooting 44%. I guess it's not like he's back, playing for a contract. He just yeah. got one. I guess then going back to the injury thing, the fact that uh, the last three full seasons he played, 17, 18, 19, he was injured in all three of those seasons. Does that aspect of this scare you? I don't like Zach Levine, but I think <laughs> you're – 
you're turning the potential of RJ Barrett into the, what Levine is right now. Um, right. So you're, I don't think, I don't know if RJ Barrett's ever as good as Zach Levine. It, it, it's possible, but I don't think there's more than a 50% chance. And he helps you right now. All right. What do you think, Rezzy? I think Zach Levine puts a ceiling on your team. That's not a championship contender. I would never make this trade. I, I do not like Zach Levine. You'll never be a top two player on a championship team. I don't trading first first rounders with it for him. No thanks. I don't. Someone's I gonna give up probably multiple first rounders for Zach Levine this year. Uh, good luck to them. I wouldn't want it to be my I team. That's, I think that's a great point, Rezzy. I, your your best chance at becoming a championship caliber team is probably hoping that RJ Barrett gets better and better and not you know again limiting yourself with Zach Levine. Again, Zach Levine you do have limitations it. if you do that. We also saw a Zach Levine team. We also saw a Zach, sorry, a Thibodeau team with Zach Levine on it, and the results they were mediocre. They got the eight. Well, they got the eight. They had one year where they got the eight seed, and I think got swept in the first round. So he his 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 deal was always he uh, had far too many turnovers, and he's gotten that under control this year. Um, so that was his problem was defensive sieve, turnover prone. Um, I don't think either of those are. I, I mean, those are things that you can get better at. I think he's finally done that. I don't know. I never thought I'd be on Zach Levine Island and defending him. I don't really like being here. I'd be happy just not doing it. Um, I, 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 they need three point shooting. You, you got it. You, you just need it. They have so many good shots right now that just don't go in because they have their own personnel. And I think Markinen and Levine would, you know, those shots would go in that they're not. Yeah, right I just, I just think, and I think this, uh, you know, could seg- segues us to the end of our pod. Uh, you know, let, let's all talk about a trade that uh, we, you know, uh, sorry, let's all talk about a trade that we mentioned here today that we'd like to see them actually make. And uh, I, I just think while marketing would be great, I think if you're looking for three point shooting, there's other guys out there uh, that you could go out and get that would help you in that regard and won't cost nearly as much. I mean, they're not going to be overall as good players as Zach Levine, but they could fit a role nicely for this team uh either you guys want to go first and sharing uh a tr- of all the trades we talked about today the one you'd like to see them actually make i want the Devonte graham for new Orleans trade that just makes so yeah. much sense for everybody let's just let's do that we should, could just call yeah, it that's the definitely the winner yeah yeah um one other trade i want to mention this is one you uh uh mentioned uh resi um I, f- I forget exactly what the uh Knicks would be giving up, but um, the trade where the uh Knicks would get lonzo ball and jj reddick that one i thought was really yeah, that was uh, just a really intriguing one to me. I think, you know, like, as you guys said, Ball would fit in well. And uh, J.J. Redick wants to be in New York. And you could probably sign J- – because J.J. Redick has been clear that he wants to be in New York, his family lives here, you could probably uh, keep him here in New York for the rest of his career on uh, really cheap money. And he's a guy that, uh, as long as his legs work, he's probably going to remain a really good three-point shooter and a guy you could use as a weapon in that regard. Uh so, um, yeah, you said for Frankie Smokes, Kevin Knox, and a 2022 uh, lottery protected first. I think you might have to throw another pick in there to like do that. Swap. Yeah, or something like that. But that's a trade that um, is not really is really intriguing to me. That was a good one, Rezzy. Thank you. <laughs> I'm uh, proud. I don't think we had any ridiculous trades. So no. go us. We're not those oh. ridiculous Knicks fans. Sorry, Travis. Is there one trade that you heard in your uh, time here uh, that you want to share? No, I, I, have, a, I have a deeper philosophical question regarding the nba and being a knicks fan sure um what 
as I've mentioned in the past, like I used to be a big Knicks fan. It's kind of, I just don't really follow it much anymore. And as you introduced me, I'm a much bigger college basketball fan. Um, but when I, when I think of being a Knicks fan and watching the NBA, it feels a lot to me like being a myself, a fan of Syracuse football for college football. Like you go into the season, you know, there's a certain couple teams that are going to win the championship. Like what, what am I, I'm not really rooting to win a championship for Syracuse football, but at least with that, I'm like, all right, maybe we'll knock off Clemson. We'll get a cool win. Like what is your real hope for the Knicks? Like, is it make the playoffs and maybe be like a succeed and have a chance to play like a three that you might win? Or is it just make the playoff? I mean, I know they're close to 500 this year. They've made some good improvements, but in the end don't, and you, I know I've heard you mention this before on the podcast, like, you know, what the, most likely the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals are going to be and who's going to make it to the NBA Finals. So, like, what, what is it to pay attention to the Knicks? Like, what is that driving you? What's your hope? And we're talking about trades this year and giving up first-round picks for the future. Like, isn't it kind of known they're not winning it this year? So why would you want to give up potential building blocks for later? That's what I'm just curious about. So the built, so the players we had in our trades were all players who'd be around for a while, and we saw okay. that might be more valuable than the the players you could draft with those those draft picks. Or like the Levine trades. Um, for me, I think Barrett maybe is a this is like a, maybe a ten percent chance that he's better than this Zach Levine. So that's why I'd be I'd be willing to do it. Um, but it, it's just fun to watch your team in the playoffs, and the Knicks do have the hope of a future title now where they they never did before. So you're hoping for Competence in the short and long term with maybe some upside. They have one player who could be who I think could play in the finals, and that's Julius Randle. So you can surround him with some other players and who knows two, three, four years from now. Yeah, I think another important thing to note is, you know, Travis, you said I was like kind of a casual Knicks fan. If you haven't really watched them a lot this year in the 34 games they've played, you, you definitely probably don't realize that just how good Julius Randle has been. And that's ch- really changed the equation for so much of what we've talked about is that Julius Randle went from a guy who was always a good scorer to a guy that's really like developed a complete game. And while you probably maybe saw that he made the all-star team and you could see he's averaging a lot of points and his stats are good. Like when you watch these games, he's, he's just doing so much he's night in night 41% out. from three. Yeah. Like just let that oh, wow. sit in for a second. That's, like Insane. I know when you pull up ESPN, his his face is on like every stat line for the Knicks as leading the team. So I've been aware that he's having a great year. In that and his sense. defensive efficiency numbers are off the charts. By most defensive metrics, he's a top 15 defensive player. So he's a primary ball hander who's shooting 41% from three, who's also a good defensive. Those players don't come around. So maybe he's just playing like above his future ability. But I mean, he's he's one of the 15 best players in the league right now. Yeah. So at, the, at this point, it feels like if the correct moves are made, they actually have a chance to compete for things in the next few years. They could, they could win a playoff series this year. If things fell for, if things fell really right, they got the four seed and they got like a Boston in the fifth seed or an Indiana in the fifth seed or the Charlotte. They could, they could easily make it to the second round. It's unlikely, but it's definitely in the cards. Yeah. And as you've seen in years past in the playoffs is that uh, just getting into the playoffs and having your guys get, um, you know, playoff minutes and playoff reps under them is, is something that's really important. I mean, you look over the last like 15 years, of the league, like I go, like, I think back to like the young Oklahoma city thunder going, you know, taking like the Lakers, like six or seven games in the first round or uh, the golden state warriors um, going toe to toe with uh, the clip. You know, I think it was the Clippers before they started that champ. Like, t- 
like the what ha- like you very rarely have teams in the NBA that, and I guess maybe this is a bad time to say it because the Lakers kind of did this last year, but it's very rare when you put a team together and they automatically just win a championship. Like usually, it takes a couple runs through before they get to that point. I mean, it has the Celtics to play in the playoffs. Yeah, right? I mean, you had the 08 Celtics, you had last year's Lakers teams, but usually, what usually what ends up happening is it's more like what happened with the Warriors, where they had a few runs before they got to the finals uh, I mean, Le- lebron and the heat came like very very close to doing it their first year right yes but he also uh, and he and also joined a- cleveland too yeah yes I, I was gonna say though with miami i mean that was a team that was perennially per- perennially in the playoffs and had won a championship a few years before lebron got there though so i don't know i just think it is important getting playoff reps and if the young guys get to play in a meaningful playoff series this year that's a good thing all right, so it's nap time in the Goodstone house, which means I gotta go put my kids down for a nap before we do this this next pod. As long as Travis is still at the time, um, it was a pleasure having you on, Matthew Resnick, for your first time on the pod. And uh, thank you, I had a great time. I think Travis, you definitely have shattered yes. the record for most appearances, so you get two today. So <laughs> good, good job by you. All right. Uh, uh, if you don't already follow us on Twitter and Instagram, follow us at Born Eighty Seven Pod. Uh, thanks again. Matthew Resnick. I don't know why I just called you Matthew. But, uh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's also what your it's also what your name on Zoom says. Uh, all yeah. right, have a good one, everyone.